This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Reaction is now coming in from state leaders when it comes to the Supreme Court upholding the congressional districts that were redrawn by the state legislature this past November 2021. That redrawing was later challenged in court. Attorney General Steve Marshall says the current plan is ordinary and very similar to what was approved by a federal court back in 1992, 2001, and 2011. Marshall says that the district court order that would have had those districts redrawn would have ended up dividing Alabamians based on race. Marshall says that an expert who was brought in for the redistricting process in the legislature used a computer algorithm to come up with over a million random versions of district lines that were not based on race. And Marshall says even so, those algorithms never came up with two majority black districts during the process. Congresswoman Terry Sewell sees it differently, saying the Supreme Court's decision is a blow in the fight for fair representation for blacks, Sewell promoted her own legislation, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, saying it would restore federal oversight to Alabama elections to ensure fair treatment. The case will ultimately have to go back to the U.S. Supreme Court to be argued for a final ruling. The high court determined it was too close to the 2022 election to implement a new redistricting plan. It would only cause chaos among voters with new districts. The son of former President Donald Trump is putting to rest any rumors in Alabama that Trump is regretting his endorsement of Mo Brooks in the U.S. Senate race. Donald Trump Jr. reinforced his father's decision to endorse Brooks to become Alabama's next senator and says he endorses Brooks as well. Trump Jr. called Brooks a rock-solid conservative who has stood shoulder-to-shoulder with President Trump in order to move the America First mission forward. Trump Jr. called Brooks a consistent conservative who has been one of his father's greatest allies since he took office. Brooks spoke about the endorsement while speaking at the North Shelby County Republican Women's Club. And you may have noticed that one of the candidates has been trying to diminish the endorsement of Donald Trump by claiming that that candidate is really the one that Donald Trump prefers. That's hogwash. All those articles never quote any source. But if you missed it yesterday, these words came from Donald Trump Jr., Well, here's another rumor to dispel. COVID-19 is not the leading cause of death here in Alabama. According to Dr. Wes Stubblefield at the Alabama Department of Public Health, the leading cause of death is still heart disease, followed by cancer and chronic lower respiratory disease. Stubblefield says that heart disease has been the main leading cause of death in the state for over a century. Compared to the rest of the nation, Alabama is somewhere in the middle when it comes to coronary diseases, which is about one death for every 100,000 residents. Stubblefield also told 1819 News that studies have shown a direct correlation between good dental health and good heart health. The doctor says it has to do with how much bacteria from your mouth gets into your bloodstream. Well, Alabama's economy is booming when it comes to manufacturing and industry. The Alabama Department of Labor has released numbers showing jobs in manufacturing increased by over 8,000 between December 2020 and December of 2021. The department also reported a drop in the state's unemployment rate from 3.0 in November of 2021 to 2.8 in December. The parts of the state that are seeing the most demand for manufacturing jobs is in the Hoover and Greater Birmingham area. A bill has been introduced into the state legislative session that involves how Alabama does voting. 
State Senator Clyde Chambliss is sponsoring SB 46. It prohibits the connection of electronic voting machines to the Internet or cell phones. The Alabama Electronic Voting Committee approved this policy years ago and put it into practice. However, it has never become a state law with an express prohibition on the use of Wi-Fi, Ethernet cards, and cell phone networks. The committee could change their policy at any time if it's not written as state law. The bill did pass in the Senate with a 29-0 vote and now heads to the Alabama House. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the Biden administration is planning to release one of the hijackers involved in the 9-11 terror attack in New York City, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. Mohammed Al-Qahtani was denied entry into the U.S. in August of 2001, just a month before the hijacking of airplanes happened. Katani was unable to be one of the men getting on those planes. He was one of the 19 men captured later by U.S. forces and then interrogated at Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo is considered mentally ill at this point, and the Biden administration wants to send him back to Saudi Arabia for custodial rehabilitation and a mental health care program for terrorists. Alabama Congressman Mike Rogers is the Republican ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee. He called the plan to send Katani back to Saudi Arabia an appalling capitulation to the far left, since Katani had every intention of being a hijacker on one of those planes. In case you missed it, the Republican National Committee has censured two congressional Republicans for taking part in the January 6th investigation that is being headed up by Nancy Pelosi. Wyoming House member Liz Cheney and Illinois House member Adam Kissinger agreed to serve on the House Select Committee to investigate the Capitol breach, even after the House Republicans decided to boycott the investigation. They did so since House Speaker Pelosi refused to honor the selections that were made by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. The leadership within the RNC voted and agreed to censure Cheney and Kissinger during the National Party's winter meeting last week. In that resolution that was voted on, the two House members were described as participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell reacted and said that the RNC should not be singling out members within the party. With regard to the suggestion that the RNC should be in the business of picking and choosing Republicans who ought to be supported, uh, traditionally the view of the National Party Committees is that we support all members of our party, regardless of their positions on some issues. The issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. That's not the job of the RNC. New York Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik disagreed with McConnell and said so on the same day that he made his statements. My reaction is the RNC has every right to take any action, and the position that I have is that you're ultimately held accountable to voters in your district, voters who you represent, and we're going to hear the feedback and the views of voters pretty quickly here this year. Another U.S. congressman from Texas, Troy Nels, says that he was illegally spied on and his office surveilled by Capitol Police officers who posed as construction workers to gain access to his office. Nels posted a thread on Twitter that details what happened. Apparently, it all started with a U.S. Capitol officer seeing the word body armor written on a whiteboard within the congressman's office back in November 2021. The officer filed a report, and from there, plainclothes officers entered that office days later and questioned staffers. 
They ultimately determined it was a false alarm. The inspector general for the U.S. Capitol Police has now opened a formal investigation into whether the police overstepped their bounds and inappropriately surveilled elected members of Congress, their staff, and even visitors to that office. The sexual misconduct seen at CNN continues. Last week, the president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, was let go for having a longstanding relationship with his marketing director. Before that, it was Chris Cuomo, Jeffrey Tubin, and two different television producers. Now Don Lemon is about to be in court with a jury trial for sexual assault. Lemon was accused of the assault by Dustin Heiss back in August of 2019. Heiss says that Lemon was visiting a Hampton bar and sexually groped Heiss, among other things. Lemon denies all wrongdoing. However, there is a witness identified within the documents of the lawsuit who says he saw the whole event happen. The Canadian Convoy of Freedom continues, and it is getting some results, at least in the province of Alberta. The premier there, Jason Kenney, is ending all COVID policies, and the masking of school children will be lifted on February 14th. Today, the COVID Cabinet Committee has approved a number of measures that are constitute a careful and prudent plan to remove Alberta's public health restrictions and move on from a widespread pandemic response to get our lives back to normal. Thousands of semi-trucks are still parked in the Canadian capital of Ottawa and also at other U.S.-Canadian crossings. Truckers are demanding an end to vaccine mandates from the government and COVID-19 restrictions that have been placed throughout that country. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he discusses how to keep on trucking. What is it that freaks out authorities about these kind of protests? I mean, no, it's not about whether or not they're terrorists because they're not. There's a bunch of good salt of the earth people who are sick of being pushed around by a government run by liberals who do not care for such things as liberty. Now, they don't have the same constitution in Canada. I get that. I don't have to have people trolling and saying failure's a different country. It doesn't matter. The thing called the natural law portrays certain uh, liberties as being inherent. All right. That being said, Canadian truckers protesting vaccine mandates are not necessarily a threat. However, boy, they've got Prime Minister Justin Trudeau freaked out right now. He fled the Capitol, has not been seen in the Capitol in days. He may have showed up for a speech today. I'm not sure because I just saw something come across the screen. I couldn't see what the date was. But you've also got things like, you know, Joe Rogan's being blistered for daring to have a cardiologist and infectious disease expert on his show. You got you got to wonder why is it that every time somebody like Dr. Simone Gold talks about treating with hydroxychloroquine because she gets banned off every social media site, or when a Pennsylvania doctor who prescribed ivermectin for her patient was fired. I mean, these challenges to people being outside the narrative are left and right, and they apparently are freaking out the establishment with this trucker's convoy. Well, Laura Ingram uh, made a point. Last night, uh, actually, the story came out this morning, so it was last night on the Ingram angle. She made a point that she says that literally what we're getting is lessons from up north. Yeah, she says the regime. She says the regime media. I like this. The regime media knows exactly what's happening in Canada, and it scares the heck out of them. And this is this is a great quote. She says, now it's not because they think truckers or the trucker supporters are terrorists. They know they're not, but they're scared because if usually mild-mannered Canadians have figured things out, that most of what their government did to fight COVID was insanely destructive, then how can liberals here possibly think for one second they're going to keep this COVID theater going on in the United States for much longer? And I agree. 
<laughs> I agree. I mean, that's what's happened is the truckers shutting down the streets of Ottawa and dancing in the public square. You know, Tucker Carlson last night saying, uh, the mayor of Ottawa saying, they're out there with bouncy houses having a carnival-type atmosphere. Oh, my gosh. Bouncy houses. But the Ottawa mayor is totally distressed. And, and let me let me just say this. I, I kind of get it, all right, on the one hand, when it comes to, you know, keeping the flow of public services going, which is a requirement of a city, and you can't drive through the streets. I, I Okay, so I am not going to not acknowledge the inconvenience that is being caused by the protesters. However, the protesters are causing the inconvenience. That's part of the protest. <laughs> get it? You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to get those reports directly to your phone, well, be sure to go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and subscribe. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 